We are recording with the one and only Miss Claire Lopez on Saturday, May 20th, 2023 at 5.17 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and I believe we're talking about uh, an article of yours, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party's biological weapons program. And uh, while I rudely post the link on my phone, could you maybe please dive into this topic and i've obviously as always in the description are the links to miss lopez's writings and her twitter please go follow her please don't make me look like an idiot go give claire some love miss lopez thank you tommy thank you great to be with you again and um thank you for uh you know highlighting this this article of mine this topic you know i've written a number of pieces earlier um, a couple of them, uh, our, our mutual good friend, Dr. Robert Malone, was gracious enough to publish at his Substack. Uh, one of those was about the history of the Chinese Communist Party, PLA, People's Liberation Army, um, Offensive Biological Weapons Program. And uh, the other one um, was uh, about how Americans, you know, public health officials, um, leadership figures in the government and so forth got pulled into, uh, in particular, gain-of-function research uh, in collaboration with scientists like Xi Jingli, who heads up one of the laboratories at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but with people like her, over a period of years, lured in to provide um, funding, lots of funding, often channeled through the EcoHealth Alliance mm -hmm. uh, NGO of Peter Daszak, uh, headquartered up in New York uh, City. Um, but uh, also the the collaboration of, you know, technological expertise uh, over the years, and this goes back literally um, more than a decade, mm -hmm. this collaboration. And by that, we're talking about places like um, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, with Dr. Ralph Barrick there, mm -hmm. an especially close relationship uh, between him and the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, and the lab um, headed up by Xi Jingli, um, or the Galveston National Laboratory down in Texas, also under the former director, now retired, James LeDuc, um, a close relationship with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, uh, the NIH and NIAID, NIH National Institutes mm -hmm. of Health, NIAID, National Institutes of Allergy, Infectious Diseases. Um, the latter of those, of course, headed up for so many years uh, by Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, him too now uh, retired as of the end of 2022, just like uh, Dr. James LeDuc at Galveston. Um, but this long, this long history of collaboration and so um, in, in my most recent article, the thank you that you're, you're highlighting here, uh, Tommy, which um, I, uh, I had it published at a website called uh, Red Star. I guess the, 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 the URL is Red Star Zero, but somehow it goes by the name of Red Star Six. In any case, that's where it went. And uh, thank you for the link. That'll get anyone there who'd like to read it. Um, and that article uh, just a couple of weeks ago, published early May, um, here in 2023, was um, to sort of document, um, and this is all open source, it's to be found with some searching, you know, on the internet, 
um, to, to document the many, um, I guess what I would say, what should have been heads up, warnings, red flags along the way, um, certainly by 2019, uh, mid 2019, no later than fall 2019, um, you know, that there was some kind of a virus spreading throughout Wuhan. And my question was, uh, given this information that we know now um, that uh, the intelligence community had, um, and also uh, through them and and through, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci and, and those working with him, the uh, White House Coronavirus Task Force had the information. Um, you know, uh, and I, I guess I, I leave the article with the question, what have they done about this? And, 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 you know, why haven't we heard anything about um, not just, um, you know, how the virus got out of that laboratory within the Wuhan Institute, um, which I, I think probably um, is attributable to lax security protocols. I, I, I don't sure. necessarily think it was deliberate, although Another good friend, Dr. Li Meng Yan, the uh, Chinese defector who escaped out of Hong Kong um, at the um, the World Health Organization uh, lab on the campus of Hong Kong University, she got out in uh, mid or fall, I guess, towards the fall of uh, 2020. Uh, she is convinced that the release of the virus, that is the SARS-CoV-2, uh, out of the Wuhan Institute was deliberate. Now yeah. we just don't know, and I'm going to say that I I don't take a position either way because yeah. I I truly we don't know. know. But I can accept that there was sloppy protocol, sloppy sure. safety protocol. And uh, doc, uh, Doctor um, Senator Senator Marco Rubio from Florida uh, just headed up um, the release of a very long, I think it's over 300 pages long uh, report uh, about how the virus got loose. We know that once it got loose, that the Chinese regime, the Chinese Communist Party, took the decision to allow it and, and even um, assist it, aid it to, to, to spread around the world by allowing the flights to continue out of China, out of, you know, Wuhan, uh, the city and, and to the rest of the world. Um, but uh, what is not mentioned even once in 300, and I think it's six, 306 pages of that um, yeoman's effort, um, uh, Senator Rubio's document uh, and the team that, that he worked with to put it together, but not one single word about not, not where the pandemic came from. We know, where, we know where COVID came from. COVID's the disease. We know perfectly well where it came from. We always have known where it comes from. It comes from the virus. The virus is called SARS-CoV-2, S-A-R-S, um, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, C-O-V, Coronavirus-2, because this is the second one. The first one uh, came out of China in 2003. They call that SARS-1 now, although at the time yeah, it was just SARS. SARS yeah. yeah, but um, not a word about the Chinese Communist Party, PLA, Civilian Military Fusion Biological Weapons Program hmm. in 306 pages of Senator uh, Rubio's um, not report. A, not a single mention. Not a single mention. Why is Nor, that? 
has any one of the multiple congressional committees and subcommittees to which I sent this article we're talking about even so much as replied to me with a thank you. Not one. They didn't even reply and say thank you. There, there, there just seems to be a, um, it's like the third rail of, of, of this, uh, this virus. Thou shalt not speak yeah. of China's biological weapons program. Why is that? So, I mean, I think I don't some... know. That's the thing. I just do not know. So when I look at something like that, you know, I'll, I never, I, I never think that people in charge are, are stupid. I, I always think there's, there's gotta be a, you know, it's like when they announced we're sending like $300 million of transgender studies package to Pakistan, to Pakistan yeah. of all places. Yeah. I look at that I... and I, I, on <laughs> the face, on the face, I'm like, why are they doing that? And then another part of me is like, that's money laundering. They're not they're not doing that. So when I see something like this, I go, they're not stupid. What is well, it? Is this some I, sort I wouldn't of... go so far. No, I think there are a lot of them are stupid, but I also think there is some tax. So when we look at this, what is is it a is it a form? Are they getting a whisper in the ear about diplomacy and harming relations? Is this as simple as like business interests or like, hey, yeah, we want to keep I mean, the ports open. Like, what what is this? I think that that can be part of it. Yes. And of course, now knowing what we know from, <clears throat> you know, these um, various acquired released emails, for example, Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's outfit has been tremendous on this. Congressional committees have, too. Um, with, with these emails, we know now um, that uh, these various people that I've mentioned, like a Dr. Ralph Barrick, like a Dr. Anthony Fauci and their organizations, um, you know, have been channeling funding, even going around um, bans on funding, for example, that uh, President Barack Obama put in place, you know, a ban on any more gain of function uh, funding back in 2014, and they figured a way to go around it. Um, and it's continuing to this day. We just learned uh, just days ago, I believe, that uh, the NIH, National Institutes of Health, which is um, subordinate underneath a cabinet department of health and human services, uh, that would be our taxpayer dollars, has just granted more funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for coronavirus studies with bats. What? Y yeah, this is just like a few days ago. Um, so, yes, it has to do um, in the beginning, certainly in, in early 2020, when they went to panic stations with that panic phone call conference call that uh, Fauci convened on uh, the 1st of February 2020 uh, among some of his researchers and scientists, uh, you know, associates who only days before had um, written to him. Uh, that the virus, which they now knew was escaping all over, um, could have at least possibly come from a laboratory origin, meaning genetically modified. Uh, the same people, like a Christian Anderson, who just days before, we know now from the emails, had, had, had written to Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, that uh, the natural origin... Um, you know, uh, scenario just 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 wasn't plausible that it's a lot more likely that this thing was genetically modified in a lab and and then got out of that lab from Wuhan. 
um, convened in panic a, a an emergency conference call the 1st of February. And boy, oh boy, right after that in lockstep, everybody fell in line. They got some generous grants later on from Fauci. Um, fell in line. And of course, then uh, the Proximal Origins article, um, uh, paper, was published uh, in Nature magazine not long after that. And that article, that paper was organized by, you guessed it, Anthony Fauci. So um, covering up, covering up their own complicity um, in the gain of function research that um, certainly China had for many decades. Uh, I think going back uh, all the way to collaboration with the Soviet Union that far back. And we know from, from published works like Ken Alibek, mm -hmm. uh, the defector from Biopreparat, his book called Biohazard, which was published in 1999, um, you know, discussed collaboration among researchers and scientists, not so, you know, specifically identified as BW, but between the Soviets and the Chinese. So gain of function going back a very long time. Um, but but that more recently, and again, under the purview of, you know, Dr. Ralph Barrick, Dr. Uh, James LaDuke, Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, you know, took even more, uh, uh, you know, there, there was even more collaboration and funding and so forth. And, and of course, as I said, because of the emails now released, we now know this. And I think I think trying to cover that up was one of their um, probably one of their initial reactions uh, to the spread of the virus getting out all over the place. Uh, they knew immediately that they had been complicit in gain of function research and that that very likely uh, contributed, at least in some measure, to the ultimate genetic modification of the SARS-CoV-2. So maybe a, another angle could be that it's not the, you know, the unspoken commandment of thou shall not speak about Chinese bioweapons, but that could be any Chinese, China, Venezuela, whatever. It's rather they're just stopping discussion of it in its tracks because they know they're good. And again, at least intentionally or not, I truly don't think we'll literally ever know. I mean, unless there's a video of someone with a vial yeah. going, here it goes, you're never going to know. Yeah. You can get, you can walk right up to it. But regardless of that, another podcast for another well, time. I mean, the thing is that the Chinese biological weapons program is all over the open source arena. Yeah. You don't have to have access to little black boxes Yeah. to read this stuff and know that they have an offensive biological weapons program and that if you are funding collaborating with scientists in China at Wuhan and other other places, other labs that are working on gain of function um, experiments with bat backbone coronaviruses, you're probably contributing to the Chinese Communist Party PLA biological weapons program. They either knew that or they should have known that. And that's completely from open sources to, to know that. Hmm. So it just kind of seems less like it's a diplomacy thing or even there's because there's I mean, multiple. Yeah, it could be that partly. Multiple, yeah, 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 I think there's probably multiple mm -hmm. easy explanations for why they don't mention China. Some diplomacy. I don't think it's fear because we are still for a while, at least the military hegemon. 
it could be as benign as you know Amazon or Exxon Mobil going, "Hey, we got some good deals. What do you don't rock the boat?" Or it could be, and this maybe it seems a little more like it. We got some people here who are going, yeah, don't look into that, man, because I kind of signed off on that and let some grants Uh go there. And I don't know if they did it or not, but I do know that I gave that institute some money. Let's just not let's just not talk about it. Let's just not. It seems like that probably seems to be the most human answer. I I, I think so, too. Um, So, as, as you say, I think it's very likely multiple motivations played into all of this. But getting back to my paper, mm-hmm. that's that's the direction I took with it, that our at the senior levels of our um, government, intelligence community, National Security Council, uh, you know, the president's um, White House coronavirus task force, there were people there represented um, who either knew or should have known um, that what they had done in at least some measure probably contributed to uh, the Chinese Communist Party BW program, but not a peep, not a peep out of any of them. I almost wonder if uh, COVID, COVID-19 will go down as almost a Hiroshima or Nagasaki and that it was the first time this weapon was, was used on a, on a massive scale. And then we will just live under the shadow of the threat of it forever, Right. I, I wish that could be true, that it would, you know, that everyone would, would cringe back from ever deploying such a thing again, as we have with nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. Knowing yeah. knowing the Chinese, knowing yeah. the Chinese um, mentality um, from you know, their own statements, yeah. from a Xi Jinping, yeah. from, from the top leadership, from a, you know, the secret speech of Chi Hao Tian back in 2003, if you want to go back that far, 20 years ago. Um their their determination is to become the uh, unipolar, Unipolar, the hegemon of the entire world. And that means that they have to destroy the United States of America. And they say so out loud over and over again. There's no doubt about it. And they also specifically talk about using biological weapons to do that. So I, I wish I could think that this was a one-off Hiroshima Nagasaki kind yeah. of event that would scare everybody off from ever thinking to use such a thing again, which by the way, you know, was the motivation behind the adoption uh, the formal adoption of the biological weapons convention back in 1975 to which by the way, China, Russia, North Korea, I think North Korea, um, uh, Iran and and uh, Damascus are all signatories, as are we, the United States. Um, but of course, President Richard Nixon, even prior to 1975, the formal entering into uh, into force of the Biological Weapons Convention in uh, 1972, um, at the at the height of you know um, panda diplomacy with President Richard Nixon and uh, Secretary of State Henry Kissinger at that time. Um, force war, uh, any kind of offensive biological weapons program, which we, the United States had had mm-hmm. and developed, uh, you know, in, in the decades prior to 1972, but in 72, uh, said no more, destroy everything. Um, we're not doing that anymore. And we don't, um, what people will say, they, they often mix up the terms biolab and bioweapons lab. They don't know the difference between those. Yeah. 
and and the difference can actually be quite a fine line right um that fine line is intent what do you intend to do with with what you're doing your experiments and under the biological weapons convention it says very clearly that if the purpose of the research the experiments um the intent is to uh, develop uh, prophylactics, therapeutics, vaccines to the benefit of human beings, um, then that is that is bio-research, bio-safety research, bio-defense research, but it's not bioweapons. But if the intent, the purpose from the get-go is to create a pathogen, develop a pathogen, a biological weapons agent that would harm or kill uh, human beings, that's the definition of biological weapons and biological warfare. Hmm. Can you maybe go back to the uh, what you said prior about just a couple of days ago, a new batch of funding to coronaviruses and bats in China? Yeah, sorry, I don't have that article in front of me, uh, but I remember reading it. Uh, but it was an NIH grant, um, and um, it is for the study, I, I believe Wuhan Institute of Virology, um, for the study of bat coronaviruses if you want i can try to find it here real quick let me see if i can pull it up and that was just a so that's absurd it's one thing to find out that you know we were funding the wuhan institute of virology but to continue to fund it now i mean what what in god's name is the explanation for that is it is it a bloated bureaucracy is it nefarious intent well you know um, okay, so two, two, I guess two developments. Um, there, there is a mentality, I guess you might call it, um, among world scientists and researchers who are a kind of a kind of a club, maybe. They're all working on many of the same things. They meet each other and talk with each other at conferences, share papers with each other share research projects and funding with each other. And it's a world apart. They don't necessarily always um, think, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this research. What if it causes harm? What if it gets out? What if it hurts people? No, it's more like, um, you know, I've got this brilliant idea and I just have to do this. And it's maybe they have good intentions. It's for the betterment of mankind. Yeah. Um, but but you know they're so driven by their own um you know their their own uh projects mm. and 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 looking for that breakthrough or that uh you know claim to fame or whatever it might be that they often just want to disregard any yeah. kind of um guardrails okay um let me go back to um about 3 days ago uh that would be wednesday of this past week meaning uh May 17. Uh, and uh, on that date, the uh, NIH took the Wuhan Institute of Virology off of its list of facilities that can conduct animal research with U.S. taxpayer money. Okay. Now, the story that had come out before that, and maybe which, which caused such uh, an uproar, um, was that as of late April, this year, 2023, that is, you know, just a couple few weeks ago, yeah. 
um, and I, uh, uh, the Wuhan Institute was at that time still eligible to receive uh, animal research funding. Um, now uh, there was an outcry. There was a you know quite quite a uh, outrage um, at 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 learning that they were still eligible, um, uh, and that maybe prompted um, three days ago NIH removing the lab um, from its um, list of facilities that could could receive funding. So it's it's a one-two situation here. First, they were allowed uh, to receive funding, and then they were taken off. <laughs> it's so evil. Yeah, the uh, I mean, a, a, an article I, I'm still looking here online. No, an good. article published uh, early May, even May 9th. I'm citing to Fox News here. Um, Biden admin restarts bat virus research grant that funded Wuhan lab, comma, coronavirus testing. Okay. Um, now that was early May. And again, as I said, the outcry, was the, 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 the horror at what they were doing, I guess was so much, so intense. And thanks to Fox News for getting the story out mm -hmm. that by the 17th of May, that is this past Wednesday, um, that funding was canceled. So that that's what we're talking about. Now, could it have been, and this is one thing I, I, don't, I don't give a whole lot of credence to, but it is, a, I think it's something we have to entertain. Was COVID a dry run? Well, from the Chinese CCP PLA point of view, it certainly could have been, absolutely. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Um, it was not just a dry run about how to genetically modify a coronavirus. It was also, in my opinion, and I've written about this, a dry run, a beta testing for how we in the United States, but the rest of the world too, would react. Well, yeah. And, That's what I think. And in the article that we're, we're talking about here today, there's this new one at Red Star Zero URL. Um, I, I talk about how, and, and a previous article, one of the ones that uh, Dr. Malone published for me at his Substack, I talk about um, how the um, information operations, psychological operations, were brought directly from China and inserted into the top levels of our public health institutions and the White House, the national level, uh, of government in in this country, and what what were those recommendations, info op, psycho psychological operations recommendations that came back? Well, they were wow, look at Wuhan, they're all shut down, and they got a grip on this thing, and and they're going to defeat the virus in the next two weeks or something to that effect. Well, who brought that back? Cliff Lane brought that back. He is was. A, uh, a deputy um, assistant to Dr. Anthony Fauci at uh, NIAID. He went in February of 2020 to China to fact find, and he comes back and he says, hey, you know, they're, they're wearing masks. They're wearing 16 masks, actually. And, and they're distancing six feet apart from everybody. And they're welding people into their apartments. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he brought this back. 
And Fauci inserted it into the White House Coronavirus uh, Task Force. And Deborah Burks was then named the, um, I don't know, the envoy to the United States states, the governors of all of our states, to carry the messaging that came directly out of China, psychological operations, shut down your economy, shut down your schools, shut down everything. She was the lead on carrying that messaging, which was pure info ops, Chinese Communist Party, to all of our country, to, to all of the states. Now, all of the governors did not follow that, um, or at least after the very beginning did not follow that advice, but a whole lot of them did, and on down to mayors and, and local level um, you know, government officials. It was pure China psychological operations, and they figured out how, without deploying a single tank, plane, mm -hmm. ship, or troop, they could shut down the American economy. They could keep our kids out of in-person learning in school for two plus years. Hmm. Mission accomplished, right? Yeah. I guess, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, is it cover that it also damaged China? Well, I mean, think of their mentality. The the Chinese Communist Party leadership of China, you know, doesn't give a hoot about the Chinese for what happens to the Chinese people. Yeah. And with, you know, one point whatever it is for, or maybe fewer than that I now. Think I, think it's, I think it's higher. No, no, it's less. It's much less. Uh oh. Um their their population, another topic another day, mm -hmm. their population in China is going off a cliff. Um because of the one-child yeah. policy for yeah. so long that murdered all, uh, you know, aborted and, and, and murdered through infanticide all the girl babies. But but that, that said, it's a lot of people over there still. And the Chinese Communist Party doesn't care about them. And they don't care how many of them are affected or die. They, could, they, they couldn't possibly care any less. Hmm. So then I guess that would be cover. Like, oh, so yeah, long as damaged they us too. In power. Yeah. Hmm? <sighs> Is there silver and lining? They got to any... us to copy them. Yeah. Instead of us sharing the ideals and principles of a free market economy, you know, uh, democracy, individual liberty, to with China, they succeeded. In, in in bringing their totalitarian China, model us. of uh, top-down government to us, and we fell for it. And they didn't even have to bring it. We adopted it. We did. By messengers who brought the information ops over from China. Yeah. Well, then if it... That's how it happened. So if we take this thesis then, everything we're saying in the last couple of minutes, and it worked, then they're going to do it again. That so that's my point. You were you were saying maybe this is a one-off, maybe this is a, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and these are the reasons why I'm saying I don't think so. They're gonna do it again. Sure, they got away with it, um, you know, and uh, caused great a great deal of of suffering and uh, damage to our economy, to our society, to our students. Um, but you know, we're we're still kind of standing, wobbling, but but we're still standing. 
you know, uh, why wouldn't they try it again? We hmm. they got away with it completely the first time, and our leadership won't even talk about it. Yeah. Not only won't do anything about it, won't even talk about it. So then they're gonna. I mean, how soon can they take another bite of the apple? I mean, because if it's too obvious, there will be. You would think. You would almost hope that there would be uh, mil- military repercussions, right? I mean, you find out that this was intentional and they do it again, you're, you're going to well, go what, up what, war. What, what the Chinese regime fears the most uh, is that we of the United States and the West would cut off commerce and trade with yeah. them, impose such stringent uh, trade restrictions um, on, on trade with China that they really would um, suffer a, a, a blow to, to their economy. That is what they fear more than anything else. They don't fear our military. Yeah. I mean, high heels and lipstick, why should they? <laughs> um, but, but they do fear um, Trump era, you know, kind of, of trade sanctions that could really damage their economy because they're an export economy. Yeah. They're not yet a domestic consumption economy in the main. Um, they're they're more of of an export uh, economy, and and they have to keep that going. So they fear losing that or damaging that the most. Do they know Which that? Is why we ought to reinstate everything Donald Trump did? Well, no, yeah, and you and I are on the same. You, you're preaching to the choir. You're, you and I, I are on the same page as that. I know. Um, then what 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 does it take to get? I mean, do they know that we are so dependent on them for? cheap manufacturing and you know how much of a for well over a century oh, sure. probably two centuries that you know uh big business in this country you know controls controls congress do they know that it's never going to happen because our own big money won't let it happen you'd have amazon or exxon or walmart or conagra or cargill or whatever just one of these ginormous companies apple right foxconn mm-hmm. i mean you have every you you have every big business in this country in this country going. You know we need that slave labor. Don't you dare break off commerce. And then if they don't get commerce broken off, and if they don't fear our military, this is just going to happen again and again and again. Well, it is. I think it's incremental. Um, as we we have talked about here it, it, mm-hmm. it was a um, a dry run a beta test if you will this time using the biological weapon the biological pathogen of the SARS-CoV-2 um, but uh, if if we read Peter Schweitzer uh, listen to Peter Schweitzer's interviews and so forth red-handed his his book about uh, what he translates as elite capture yeah um, you know the Chinese regime is pretty confident that they have captured um, many, many of the elites of of so many of our institutions of society, from academia to, um, you know, the media, uh, to the military, to the government, obviously at every level, um, <clears throat> obviously, uh, did I say media, social media, um, academia through different programs, Thousand Talents and, and, and so forth, Confucius Institutes, they, they've already captured our elites, too many of them, uh, through elite capture, this tactic, and undoing that um, is difficult, um, and it's it's going to take a while, um, especially if we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. 
So, if you and I know all of this, and we're talking about it on on a podcast, clearly it's not classified. No. Is there is there is there no counter to it? I mean, when you look at the size of the U.S. military, and I, I know this is these are all non-military options, but my point is, is like we so clearly will put everything into this. You know, a Sputnik moment. We, you know, we reverse course or we change course. There's, it almost seems like we're just watching this happen in front of us. Yeah. But in slow motion, we're watching an iceberg, not even coming towards the Titanic. We're watching an iceberg move at a centimeter a year towards a mountain. And we're just. The zone of ablation of a glacier. Yes. And we're just. Very slow. Is it a deeper philosophical thing? Have we been on top too long, and we're all kind of? No, it's 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 pure crass um, advantage, uh, be it money, uh, which is a big part of it, uh, or be it a recognition um, and advancement in in one's field. Um, but I will say, you know, that that, that there have been and, and are continuing some steps to counter all of this. Um, we are building, for example, the. Um, uh, very advanced high-end chip factories yeah. uh, here in the United States. That's yeah. taking place. Um, the Thousand Talents programs and also Confucius Institute programs um, are being exposed and those involved in them um, exposed. And in some cases, even even uh, consequences um, for not uh, being um, honest about where where funding is coming from. Um, uh, the expelling of, of um, you know, Chinese uh, from uh, these uh, overseas police stations, which we haven't even mentioned, these police stations that now we know have been located in multiple cities across the United States, including New York, uh, Chicago, um, Los Angeles, um, somewhere in Nebraska, but I don't know which city. Um Texas, multiple, multiple of these police stations um, now getting attention. And and by the way, uh, those police stations, they weren't they weren't revealed by our own national security agencies, like let's say the FBI, which has responsibility for domestic counterintelligence. Uh, they were revealed by a company based in Spain, a non-governmental organization called. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, I, I don't remember the exact name. Defenders, something Defenders. Um, they're the ones that expose this uh, because also there are these Chinese uh, police stations all over Europe, dozens and dozens of them. Um, so there are steps being taken is what I mean to say. Mm. Um, but but slowly, slowly. And, and it seems almost reluctantly like, well, we, we you know, to talking to the Chinese, I'm so sorry we have to do this, we yeah. have to shut down your Confucius Institute uh, and your police station. We never would have done it if if those horrible people in Spain hadn't revealed this, um, but you know, now we're kind of forced to, it almost feels like it's a reluctant response, doesn't it? It's better than nothing, but barely. I mean, you don't... You want to be isolationist, and then you realize you got to go fight Hitler. But you don't say, we didn't want to do this, but look, Hitler, we, we got to come in. No, you, you go in with the force of God, and you bomb into bomb them into oblivion. There's this, you know, we don't, I'm sorry we got to do this, but, like, it's so, the 
the mess the message is you know the way you the, what is it the medium is the message marshall mcluhan, marshall the, McLuhan. the way we're saying it is itself the message mm-hmm. oh you're gonna mm-hmm. shut him down but I, I don't want to i'm sorry i know it seems right i mean at that point they don't need him shutting him but but the very manner well, in which you're popping back up again uh you know under different names yeah Confucius institutes i mean well, you don't even need to reestablishment, but oh, we're we're you know we're not Confucius, and we're we're something else now, different yeah, name. Yeah, but yeah. you don't even need to. The very manner in which you are apologizing yeah, and slinking right. into it, it, it almost shows like you don't need to build another one. You've won. Yeah. God. Yeah. Elite capture has um, succeeded in too many cases. So I need to run and become president, right? And just and just go as hardcore as I can in the opposite direction. Well, just in a few more years, you can do that, you know, yeah. right up there behind Vivek Ramaswamy. I know I'm, I'm, I'm 35. I can't do it yet. Maybe that's what I'll do is I'll use this podcast as a platform. There you go. And just do that. I yeah. mean, in, in, in just a few years, you, you can few. launch. I can't, I can't. And then I can't in 2024. I don't think I can in 2028. Oh, that's when I'll run. By that time. That's when I'll run. Now, that, you know, you'll have some competition. I, I think probably, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will be running in 28, but you know, I'll, I'll there go are a lot them. of people going to be on these debate stages who, who who really don't have a big chance of of winning their party's nomination or the presidency, but they're up there putting out a message. Uh, for example, I think that's Vivek Ramaswamy, for yeah. example, and yeah. that's very well worth it. Yeah. No, I'll just go to the right of everyone. Whatever your point is, is I'll go farther right. And if it there works, it'll work. And if hunt. it doesn't, it'll do it. Yeah, I'll just, I'll go, I'll do the opposite of if you're not left of Mao, I'll just go farther right. There you go. And whatever happens, happens. I mean, is there any silver lining to any of this, Claire Lopez? And well, the- I guess the last point we were making here, and that is that there are, Our steps. Um, you know, instances of pushback. Um, there, there is an awakening. There is a realization, at least in some uh, quarters of Congress, for example, but other places too, uh, NIH, you know, rescinding that funding um, or, may, you know, rescinding the uh, the permission for, for Wuhan Institute to be eligible for funding. These are all good signs. Hmm. Uh, we need to, um, you know, uh, uh, mention them and, and applaud them uh, and ask for more. Yeah. Yeah. Slow and steady, I guess. You know, I guess on a on a final thought. And I've often thought about this is, you know, if you look at Chinese police stations or TikTok or, you know, the Club K missile systems and how deep into our country they are, yeah. the my rational mind would say we're probably that deep into their country. And is mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. No. OK. Oh, no. Not All even right. close. All right. No. Well, no. There, goes, there goes my no. point. Well, my point I mean, was going to be, you know. are, is every country so saturated with every other country is this maybe US a... government police stations in beijing or shanghai no that's fine i yeah. don't think so but we also have military bases all around those countries so i mean are we what my point is is like are we almost reaching the no pun intended this chinese finger trap kind of global situation where everyone is it, there's just so overlap like a ball of rubber bands that it might be that there is no extricating everyone is pulled into everyone else and is is this maybe well, no, a new we paradigm know what of side humanity. we're on and we look to our partners friends and allies to join with us on that side the side of liberty and individual freedom 
yeah. free market capitalism. Uh, that's that's distinct and different. And and we look to our friends and allies and partners and any more who'd like to join us yeah. to be part of that, um, the free world. Yeah. Um, against tyranny. And, and we see, you know, the forces of tyranny, uh, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, uh, Damascus, aligning on the other side, the side of tyranny and uh, oppression. Yeah. I think it's quite clearly drawn, the, the line between us. Yeah. You know, it could be like the least exciting and interesting answer of it all. And it might just be these things happen at glacial paces. They, the China didn't do all this overnight, uh-huh. and our response won't be overnight. That, that might be the answer. Is but like, we do need to pick up the pace. I yeah, no, say. I'm, I'm with you. But that might be the answer to all of it. Is it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's like galaxies. Have you ever seen galaxies colliding, like a computer simulation? They, well, yeah, you know, Hubble Space Telescope kind of imagery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, there's simulations of like, you know, like the Milky Way is going to collide with Andromeda in, uh, in like a billion years. And you see the simulations and they come and they fly at each other and they spin apart and the grab and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But every frame of that digital simulation is like a hundred million years, but you don't think yeah. about it, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like seeing a time lapse of geologic. I hope it's not going to take us that long uh, to ensure that the free world survives and our enemies of tyranny and oppression do not. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm just wondering if that's, I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm just wondering if that's what the case is. Are we, are you and I maybe looking at this thing that is happening but it's happening in super slow motion. Well, that's that's one of the reasons I thank you and others like you with podcasts and radio shows and TV programs that help to broadcast these topics and, and explain things and, you know, let the broader audience understand what's going on. So once again to you, thank you. Well, thank you, Miss Claire Lopez. And as always, it's a it's a pleasure to hang out. I, I do love hanging out with you. I do love having you on. And, um, yeah, guys, please go into the description. Please go follow Claire. Um, don't let my, my inadequate interview skills shield you from the true the true brilliance of Claire Lopez. Go follow her Twitter. You can get right to the source. You don't need me as a middleman. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it, Miss Claire Lopez. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Yes, Catch ma'am. you next time. Yes, ma'am. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Everybody take care. The mask isn't going over there. Miss Claire Lopez, thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Recording stopped. And I don't know why is it closing. And peace. Thank you.